Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, hostess with the mostest, matcha snob, and unapologetically bad at small talk. Seriously, tell me about your childhood. And I'm Joan Carnachon, queen of messy conversations, skincare junkie, and highly allergic to bullshit. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where together we will navigate the vital conversations that lift shame and shift paradigms. Our deepest desire is to normalize rewriting the narratives women have been taught about pleasure, money, power, sexual expression, and self-sovereignty. So join us each week for unfiltered, raw dialogue that educates, empowers, and hopefully entertains, or at the very least, makes the hard topics feel a little safer. And oh, by the way, when we say women, we are speaking to humans who identify with the divine feminine nature, non-binary royalty, our sacred sluts, the matriarch in the rising, and those of us who are still trying to figure their shit out. You guys know I love a good disclaimer, so here goes. We are not to be mistaken for doctors, lawyers, clinically trained psychologists, therapists, or your mother. But we are someone's mom. If you True. think this state is going well, subscribe to our show. And community means everything to us, so make sure to tell a friend or like all of your friends. Speaking of pre-workout, one time back in the day, I was getting juiced up to go to like a 4am workout routine, which involved huffing it up uh, an incline for 40 minutes fasted. Mm. That was part of this like very intense, violent workout routine I was doing in my early twenties. <laughs> and I was taking this pre-workout that the guy at like GNC recommended and of course I had all kinds of shit in it that like now I would never put into my body, but I'm sure that half of it was literally red 40, but the other half of it was niacin and yeah. which is a really concentrated form of, is it B six or, yeah, yeah. or yeah. something like yeah. that? One of the B's. Yeah. And uh, I did not know until then that I am one of like three people on allergic, earth who's right? really allergic. And so yeah. I took it and I remember being at the gym is like the first time I've had it. I drink it. I'm at the gym and I'm like. I feel so hot and like kind of itchy. I'm like, I'm yeah. just, and like I was sweating and my sweat was burning and I was like, what is happening to me? And so I finished my workout. Of course I go home and I'm just like feeling more and more agitated. And I look down and I start to see like a rash on my arms and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So I take a cold shower mm. and I go lay down for a little bit because it's only 5am at this point. And I wake up an hour later and y'all, I am not kidding. It was, I was like fucking hitch up in there. Like my <laughs> face was so swollen. My eyes were like swollen shut. I had hives all over my body. And Mike looks at me and is like, babe, do you mean I'm, I'm going to go get you some Benadryl. Like I'm going to, I'm going to leave right now. Like there's a 24 hour, like Walgreens down the street. I'm going to go get you some Benadryl. So he straight up goes and gets me like a bottle of liquid grape children's Benadryl and brings me a straw. <laughs> and I literally drink it hitch style and go back to sleep. Um, the point of that story, I guess, is that pre-workout sometimes has niacin in it. And if you are like me, niacin is bad news bears. Also, I love that you mentioned hitch because it's my old time favorite movie. Like it's, it's cloudy right now here in Oakland. And I kind of feel the need to just watch like 
good old, you know, sofa movies and just kind of say fuck it to everything that's happening today and to just be like, yo, kids, what do you guys want? I'm going to door dash. Yeah, it's like it is. It's rainy and disgusting here in good old Glen Allen, Illinois as well. And so (laughs) it's definitely a blanket and a movie kind of kind of day yeah yeah so let's see what, like. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what is um what is her name the love interest that's in that she's like stunning and gorgeous and oh, married to ryan is it gosling like a, is it eva no it's not eva oh. it's not eva uh-uh. but, um mm. she has such a good ass that i can't handle it i'm like what is her name i know I'm her ass and hair right in that movie I'm blanking on it so badly, but she's one of, she's an amazing actress and I love her yeah. and literally everything. Yeah. Oh, Y'all are probably shouting at us character. now. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are shouting at us right now and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be sure and give her a proper shout out later for what her name is. So welcome back to nothing confidential <laughs> where literally nothing, including our rainy day plans and uh, reaction to certain ingredients and workouts, favorite movies. Yeah. None of it's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to share it all. Even things that, you know, really the value of which is questionable. I mean, we're, we're sharing it all so much that we're even sharing a very intimate moment of what happened within our friendship in this episode. We are. And this is, you guys, this is like, this is an inside look at not only the beauty of the container that is mine and Joe's friendship slash marriage, but <laughs> Yeah. Like in this episode, we share all of the details of a very real life, very recent time when Joe triggered the shit out of me (laughs) without knowing, of course, because she loves me and she would never do that intentionally. So very unintentionally triggered me. And I had a crazy reaction that we talked through like grownups, because that's the beautiful thing about our relationship is we call each other in and we're like, Hey, I know you didn't mean to do this, but this happened and here's my reaction. And like, I just need to talk about it. And so we did that. <laughs> and it was such a curious occurrence that we thought we should have someone give their professional opinion on what happened. And it just so lined up that Joe had asked the, I, like, I'm trying to think of the word, the transcendent, the I mean, phenomenal, like, like, the iconic iconic Tori Washington to come on the show to talk about all things wealth and embodiment and embodied leadership. And so we brought the sitch to Tori and she laid the smackdown on it in the most gorgeous way. And it changed my life kind of not gonna lie. I mean, I love that you had this description of niacin <laughs> earlier. Cause I'm like, that's probably exactly what happened in that moment. Like this literally allergic reaction yeah, broke out in, in hives <laughs> pretty much in terms of a lot trigger. of similarities. I did want to go drink Benadryl after that for sure. <laughs> but you guys, this episode is, I mean, I, I, I am actually experiencing Tori Washington firsthand as a member in her house of we, which is all about wealth embodiment. And it is such an incredible, powerful experience. If you have any kind of wounds around money or just confusion around money, I highly suggest to check out the work of Tori Washington. You guys will get to hear about her mission, about her story, about what it is she does in this particular container and all the containers that she have. It's it's pretty much it's pretty much like what we do in terms mm-hmm. of sexuality, relationships, and love for for self and and women empowerment. But she does this on a level with with wealth, and it's so incredible because she comes at this topic and this conversation with 
with such spirit. Like there's really no other way to fully describe how she shows up in it. She really just shows up with her whole being, really. And also just, I mean, the way in which she is able to share and give knowledge and words to what what you're experiencing as a person as you're walking through healing the journey that you have with with money and healing the relationship you have with money is just by far out of this world. Yeah, and for any of you who just listened to that and you thought to yourselves money story like what is she talking about like wounds around money like what does that even look like how does that show up in our lives like maybe you've never had the language around that yet maybe this isn't an area that you've dug into specifically since you know we do spend a lot of time on the podcast talking about sex and our sexual liberation and our sexual embodiment and something that joe and i are both really passionate about and that we do kind of skim the surface of in this episode, and I know we will be coming back for a much deeper in-depth examination, is the connection between sex and money and how they're both such a powerful, energetic currency and frequency. I think they're a lot more connected than any of us realizes. And so Mm -hmm. we are consciously kind of unpacking that and we are excited to bring you more on that later. But a good example of this is really early on in the first season of nothing confidential for y'all who have been around for a second, I did a solo episode called she works hard for the money. And it was a like throw up, uh, nauseous, vulnerable share that I had never done on the podcast yet. Like I could share in depth about my sex life all day long. It does nothing to me. I don't ever feel uncomfortable sharing about that stuff. No matter. I mean, I did a post-pregnancy one that was, I mean, I talked about, you know, my hemorrhoid and what I named it and everything. So like that stuff does not bother me, but me going on and talking about the stories and the connections and the wounding that I have had in the past around money and how that shows up and how it connects to all of these other things that was super vulnerable. So if you guys want an idea of what it looks like to identify money stories, you can go back and listen to that episode. And it's also kind of fun for me because I have come such a long way, even in just a year from when I recorded that episode to this life-changing conversation that we had with Tori. And this is actually, this is my first time meeting her and my first experience of her. I don't know her as intimately as Joe, but I can tell you that she is just a complete powerhouse and we care a lot about integrity. That's a core value for both of us. So we don't ever ask anyone to come on the show and share about something that they are not personally embodying to the nth degree. And so this conversation, I think it's so impactful because Tori is living proof of her work. She is a living breathing manifestation of what she teaches. She leads by example and with extreme courage and heart. And you can just feel that in the frequency of her ultra high vibe. So Mm. we are so excited for you to experience her, to get to sit in on this conversation. And we cannot wait to hear the mind blowing ahas that are about to happen for all of you. So definitely once you've come out of shell shock from receiving this information, take a couple of deep breaths and then take to the DMs to tell us how you feel. <laughs> yeah, because I think this conversation is one that so many people, especially women, really need to hear um, and to just witness and to take in and integrate into their lives. I mean, I know for me, 
money has always been a very weird and complex, sticky relationship throughout my entire lifetime. I mean, I came from no money at one point in my life. I remember my parents just not having any. And not to say that I'm like rich or any of that, like by any means, it's it's I'm not nowhere close, but it's it's definitely something that I'm learning how to get into a really conscious relationship with in my late 40s or in my late 40s, my late 30s rather. <laughs> I'm like, well did I just like, like girl, fast you're not even 40 yet. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. I'm like <laughs> And like through this process of the divorce of really just like, what does it mean to be a single mother, a single person and single human being taking sovereignty of every single part of my life, especially my wealth for my future generations. So yeah, sit back, enjoy this episode, love on all of it, rewind it and just continue the conversation with us. Because like Kristen said, we'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah. I think that's all that needs to be said. Should we just let them get to it? Let's let them get to it. All right. Love y'all. Bye. What's up, you guys? It's Joe and Kristen, and we are back with another incredible conversation with this woman that I met three years ago in Palm Springs at a conference. And we were in this hidden gem of a room, and I remember walking into this room, meeting Tori, and I just was like, well, A, we were the only women of color in this room, and we were in a room trying to understand masculine energy and what it meant to be around uh, integrated men from like this, this little workshop by every man. Mm. And I have witnessed Tori Washington evolve throughout the last three years into the woman that she is today. And it has been such a incredible gift and present to witness her evolve and not only evolve, but to also lead and guide other women through her story. And so without Without me saying anymore, I'm just going to bring on Tori to share with you all what she's about, who she is, and to talk a little bit about the journey to lead her where she is today. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me, both of you. I'm so excited for this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So Tori, I mean, your journey, your journey is one of those that like, I mean, like you say it in your wealth embodiment flow, and you can talk a little bit more about that, but you talk about this rapture to riches and we all know me and Kristen very much so know about the rapture in terms of sexuality and what that looks like to go through that as a woman. I would love to hear from you. What is your rapture to riches story? Ooh, usually it's the rags to riches. People want to know. Let's talk about the rapture. (laughs) I think the, the energy of rapture is turning something really gritty and messy into a masterpiece. And for me, that was an unengagement and a bankruptcy and everything that would typically strip somebody of their identity. You know, that's, that's where I started. And I remember after filing bankruptcy, anchoring into an understanding that it's not just going to be me moving through this 
and then telling the success story on the other side, it's who am I going to be moment to moment in the process of unfolding and emptying out. And as I emptied out the rags and the pain and the shame, and I didn't allow that to take up occupancy in my body, I actually found so much delight in allowing God to lead me and lead my body through what many people would say is like the darkest time. But I had such a clear vision of why this was happening and where I was going and who I was representing on the way that I chose it. And in that choosing, there was delight. And there were moments where there's so many little moments that just took my breath away. And it felt like, like right at the end of an orgasm or right when like you're on the edge of like, give it to me, like, just give it to me, give it all to me. I'm so eager for it. That's how I felt in building my business. And I turned all that scarcity and all the the lack into a yearning and a longing and a juicy arrival to, I'm not going to ask the question, is this going to work? I'm going to ask the question, who do I get to be so that when I arrive, I'm not the only one there. And there's so much inspiration in a pain to purpose story, but I'm really excited to bring more examples of a pleasure to purpose story. Pleasure doesn't always mean everything's great and it feels good. Pleasure. This was the hardest day of my life and I'm going to take a warm bath and soak in it. I'm going to breathe and I'm going to remember who I am and I'm going to come back to softness. Like itself could be pleasure. And that's what I decided to build my business off of was I'm not going to build this business off the bones of pain. I'm not going to build this business off a, you know, a shame driven story. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to let it empty me and shape me and teach me. And I'm going to co-create it with rapture. And I'm going to allow God to take me to the edge and humble me again and again and again. So that by the time I arrive, I'm not surprised I'm exhaling, I'm in gratitude, and I'm stabilized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that. Love Damn, that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I think I'm on that edge of rapture just hearing you talk a little bit. About that. <laughs> well, I was like, if she needs to make another cool mill, she could read erotica if she wants. <laughs> like spiritual. That's that's low key my dream. Yeah. I love that. I did, Go this, for I did it. this erotica series on Instagram of like your mission, fucking your business, mm. and like this beautiful polarity of like the the pleasure of the feminine and then the the anchorship of the masculine. Yeah. So if anybody wants to do some yeah. erotica, I'm like I'm like holding I'm like holding myself. I'm like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know this actually everything you just said actually sends me towards the scenario that I wanted to dig into with you faster than I thought it was going to, but we're there. We're already there. (laughs) We're we're warmed (laughs) up. Foreplay has been complete. We're ready to go. (laughs) So, you know, this, anyone listening to that, like we have the distinct honor of looking at Tori while she's speaking and we can see it, but I know that even everyone who's just listening, you can hear how embodied she is in what she's saying. Like the energy of the truth of what she's saying is permeating through the sound waves. And you talk a lot um, in your work, as I've been reading around 
just embodying wealth embodiment. And you talk about flow Mm -hmm. and how you actually have to prepare your body to receive wealth. And Mm -hmm. before I get to my little, my little story about uh, an embodied experience that I would love your insight on, I'm curious as to like, what led you to, to even know about this when you're standing on the brink, I'm sure plenty of our listeners have had that moment, that rock bottom classic, like I am no longer engaged. I have to file bankruptcy. Like there's a lot of shit going down. Like what, what about your wisdom or like what was in your life that led you to this realization, this clarity that, Oh, I actually have to get into my body and do I have to do embodied work to survive this, but also to thrive in this. Mm, that's such a good question. Wow. Um, I mean, movement's been a big part of my life. I was a gymnast starting at six and a yoga teacher for eight years. So movement's been a continued place in my life. But even when I was doing gymnastics and teaching yoga, I can't say the connection of body leads, mind follows. That's my mantra was really in the forefront of my mind. I just knew that I loved moving my body. And when I taught, I loved speaking to the body versus the mind. And so it's so funny how certain parts of life will choose you before you catch up to it. So it wasn't a surprise that I'm teaching when I'm teaching now, but if you would have asked me on the bench, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I just do yoga stuff. And so for me, just the, the honest truth is I took the mindset route. I really did. I did all the courses. I was doing affirmations. Your girl was listening to Abraham Hicks every morning. Like I did all the things that would fill my mind with good thinking thoughts, but my body didn't trust it. And I could feel it. It's almost like if my partner Q was like, I love you. You're amazing. And I'm like, bullshit. My body's like bullshit. Like that sounds nice. And I love that. Keep saying that, but my body isn't believing it. And I can feel it in my gut that it's not on board. And so that level of awareness, I think is unique. And that's why I'm so passionate about teaching that. Cause imagine if every single human had that knowing of, okay, this is sounding good, but it's not in a, it's not moving me literally. Like I'm still where I am with all this good sounding shit around me. That's how I was. And so I found myself in a situation where it was the same mindset stuff on repeat but I was repeating the same patterns as I was listening to the good sounding stuff. And literally I remember closing my laptop and being like, I'm, I'm done with, I'm a money magnet. Like I'm done saying that. And I, if I was like, if I could just crawl out of the scarcity, like if I could just literally take it off like a sweater, that would feel so good. And I just started to move and I started to move with the scarcity. I was like, I'm not going to try to talk you out of this, speaking to my body. Like, if this is what you believe in, let's move in it. And I remember being in my living room and being like, wow, it's not about me not feeling worthy. It's, I don't feel safe. I don't have a deep understanding of money or what it means to be stabilized or, so I don't know how a mindset course is going to attend to that. And later on, we went to, um, Sedona And I kept in my head feeling the words Lila, which is the universal dance play. And that's originally what wealth embodiment flow is going to be called. And I was like, I'm going to create this movement practice where we move with our pain and it turns into pleasure. It was going to be this whole thing. And then I just 
I knew like, as I kept trying to go public with it, it was like, I kept getting interrupted because I didn't have the courage to center it around money, around wealth, which is really centering it around liberation. Mm -hmm. And then we went to Sedona and I remember sitting on the floor of the Airbnb. I had just done some meditation and all of it came out eight postures, starting with scarcity, going through um, innate abundance, safety, pleasure, all the way up to overflow. And then it, it just sequenced. It was a sequence. And I was like, oh, this is like a technology. Like scarcity doesn't exist without overflow and overflow doesn't exist without scarcity. Safety and pleasure don't exist without each other. They inform one another. It sounds wild, but it just clicked. Mm. And I, I believe that there's certain things we're never going to logically understand. And that's why as leaders, it's so important to trust our our ideas and our transmissions and what's being given to us, because I could have looked at that and been like, how am I going to explain this to the coaching industry? Eight postures. I mean, what? And I, I practiced it myself and I was like, well, let me see what this is. And I started practicing it myself. If you followed me a while, you've probably seen me in my living room. I would give kind of sneak peeks of what this is and what started to happen is transformational. You know, my, my mind started to serve my body versus my body always trying to ask my mind for permission of safety and the actions that I took, the way I spoke, the way I moved, the way that I showed up in different spaces, it all changed. And now any mindset work I do, it sticks because my body believes, but the body never forgets. And as you begin to practice embodiment, you start to realize that your vessel is like a record keeper. And if you're listening closely enough, when we're talking about money, we're talking about our freedom and everybody's freedom has been threatened at some point. And some of that is you're born into it. Like I chose a black bloodline and a white bloodline. So my white bloodline has a certain set of conditions. But my black bloodline has a whole nother set of conditions. So no matter what way I look at it, I could think I'm a money magnet all I want, but the fact of the matter is there's a pay wage gap. There's circumstances and mountains that I'm going to have to cross as a biracial black woman, no matter how good my mindset is. And so my body has to feel safe walking that mountain before anything else. And so this work just became so rich and so deep. And as a Scorpio, a manifester, just a shadowy energy, I'm not somebody that can stay at the surface. And I very much so felt like mindset was staying at the surface. And I just simply said, there's nothing wrong with that, but I want to take a deeper cut. I'm going to practice it in my body first, and then I'm going to bring it to the public. And now it's here, but I can't say that there was this logical moment where I was like, wealth and embodiment go together. It was just like, okay, we're going to do eight postures. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be all about money. And I think that if we're really here to change the planet, we get to trust that our growth is never going to make sense. It's actually meant to take our breath away. Mm. So, oh my God, <laughs> I just flowed with that. I'm, I know, <laughs> oh. I know. I mean, you just took my breath away. You I'm did. like, take my breath away. <laughs> I am in yeah, TM. That's not ours. I am. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like buzzing. TM. I'm buzzing right <laughs> wow. now buzzing right now because a couple <laughs> things I'm like, before they escape me, a couple things, first of all, for everyone who just heard that insane flow, <laughs> you just 
summed up in the most eloquent way possible, what Joe and I do with our clients in sexuality. Like we, and you, you said it pleasure and safety inform each other. And that is what we teach all the time. And that is the very reason why most of our clients come to us and they will say, they've all said, I've been in therapy for years and I don't understand. And it's because therapy is in your head. It's not that it isn't helpful. It gives you language, which is such an empowering step to understand the patterns and what's going on but it Mm -hmm. doesn't bring it down into the body. Your body doesn't believe it. And you saying that that's just language that we haven't even had, but we've been doing this for years. We haven't even had that like clear of language, but that is very much what we do. And it's so, I think my brain right now is just exploding in this space of like, oh, you do exactly what I do, but with money. And that, and and Mm -hmm. so, which is something I'm so excited about. And this is the perfect place to (laughs) insert this story of what happened. And Joe was such a vehicle for transformation today. (laughs) And she didn't even know. So I'm going to try and keep this as concise (laughs) as possible. So first everyone should know Joe and I, obviously we're very close. We're very intimate. We're work wives, we're partners. We do a ton of shit. There's so much trust between us. And so we can activate each other and work through it in a way that I I don't have that experience with everyone in my life. So Mm. this is, that's powerful. Yeah. It's a super, we like repair so quickly when it needs to be. And it's just one of those where you're like, this is a beautiful, epic relationship that needs to be witnessed by everybody because this is how you do do relationships, you know? Yeah. And so I've, I have been on my journey to heal all my shit with money for several years now, like very intensively, very consciously, uh, thinking of what you said about just doing all of the courses and all of the mindset work and reading all of the books and saying all of the mantras. And yet I was still making beans, even though the work I was doing was incredible and people's lives were being changed and I still just wasn't making Mm -hmm. any money. So I recently made a lot of really big shifts. I invested in myself on a monumental level, like shit broke through. We're starting to, we're making some real pro, you know, pro, pro, what am I trying to say? Progress, progress, like (laughs) process program, like we're (laughs) making process and unprogramming all of the stuff. So that has been magical. So money is coming in. I went from like nothing to a lot, like really quickly. And this sense of exactly what you're talking about, where I did all the mindset work to open up the possibility. And I believe in my head that it's possible and I see it happening. And yet there is a part of my body that is not handling Mm -hmm. it. And I keep being brought to this phrase. I keep saying, I need to upgrade my nervous system to like receive and handle this. So what happened was I had a week where I closed my first ever five figure client and it was a a huge deal. And I was actually speaking with a mentor like that day and he was there to help me celebrate. And he is a somatic genius. And so part of our process, he was like, well, let's language of sensation, you know, this feeling, the feeling of this to like lock it in, get a transmission, a transmission, like let's lock this in. And then he was taking me through a visual and he said, how does it feel to, you know, if if every woman in the world who had the capacity to really celebrate you, like authentically celebrate your success, if she could celebrate you in this moment, how would that feel? And I said, that honestly doesn't feel safe to me because it does. I have had the experience that I only have a couple of women that I know are authentically happy for my success. And they were cheering me on. So like even imagining like the whole world, everybody, people I don't know, like that doesn't, it doesn't connect. He's like, all right, Mm -hmm. what would happen if 
you're in a room full of seven and eight figure earners who are, are already there and they are initiating you into their space. Does that feel good? And I said, yes. And so we went with that and I was feeling like on top of the world. I felt like I integrated it really well. I felt like I was embodying my celebration. I wasn't like skipping to the next thing. I was really letting myself have it. So part of having it was me going and sharing that with the four people in the world that I do feel safe celebrating that stuff with one of whom is Joe. So I text mm-hmm. Joe, <laughs> we're like just going back and forth on a Saturday morning, super cash. And we're like, oh yeah, we both got fucked over the weekend. It was awesome. Also, I made a bunch of money and it's like, yay, go us. Like super celebration. <laughs> She's, so she screenshots our conversation and was so excited for me that she wanted to celebrate our like evolved relationship where we can celebrate these things. She shared it to her Instagram story and she has like 80,000 followers, right? And tagged me in it. And it was like the exact amount that I made and like all of this stuff. So I'm like, shoot. So then she turns off her phone and goes to the gym and I'm just sitting here and I get a Vox message. I don't realize she's done this yet. I get a Vox message from someone I know who I totally care about. They were a previous client of mine and she was very genuine in her celebration But she was like, Kristen, I just saw on Joe's story that you just got a this number client. That's amazing. And I had, I am not kidding. I had a flight response. Like I have never experienced in my body. Like my heart started beating out of my chest. My face flushed like red with like hot shame. And I was like, it does not, I do not feel safe right now. Like nothing feels safe. I'm having such a reaction. And I immediately text Joe and I was like, Hey boo. So like your situation has sent me into this situation. So I'm going to need you to take that down. And we're going to need to talk about this. <laughs> oh my God. I loved it. And so she got out of the gym and called me immediately. And I was like, everything is cool. Except for I'm freaking out so much. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> just, I'm just having hot flashes. Can we I'm take that like, post And of course I'm like, Holy shit. Like, let me delete. So let me delete. I didn't realize of I'm I- just celebrating the fuck out of you. And I was like, and the sentiment, and I even said the sentiment of it was so great. I'm like, maybe if you want to cross out the actual dollar amount and repost it, you know, (laughs) I was trying to manage it while I was like having an actual cow. And, but like my, my question to you, cause we sat and we talked about it and I was like, I can, I'm sure. I mean, it's a, it's a bunch of stuff. It's a bunch of different things, lots of different layers coming up. Thanks so much. Right. When I felt like I was winning at life and had it figured out, here's all the things yeah. that I don't have figured out. So I am so curious, um, just with everything that you do, like what was happening to me? <laughs> like, can you, oh, God, you guys, I love this. Okay. Let's play. Yeah, let's okay. play. <laughs> So where do I even begin? This is is so dope because these are the conversations I'm most excited to have because in the coaching industry, there's so many conversations around making the cash. And I look at that as like David data talks about first stage consciousness. Like you're looking at your partner or whoever it is in front of you. You just want to fuck them. And it's like that quick that quick hit. And that's how I feel about cash. It's like the quick hit of a 10 K month, the quick hit of, Oh, 80,000 followers. Even we can look at our followers that way. And then there's second stage consciousness that he talks about, which is more of an emotional exchange. And that's where I look at your relationship with money enters. Like I'm not just looking at her. I look at money as a, her as like cash. She's a relationship in my life that represents an aspect of my feminine. And then third stage consciousness is where you die at the hands of truth and God consciousness, Christ consciousness enters the room and you are raptured. 
And that's when you're not even talking about money. We're in liberation. We're in absolute like freedom. And what's happening in, in you is it's easy to be seen in a relatable story. Like I went from this pain thing and then I did these things to get to this place. It's actually really easy to be seen in that and further to be celebrated in that. It's harder to be celebrated for your bigness for a five-figure client because the biggest question we're afraid to answer is how did you do that? And the reason why it feels scary is you don't know. You will never be able to answer that for anybody on the other side. And there's this fear of disappointing them. There's this fear of being crucified for that, for being projected on for that. Because the truth is the bigger that you get, the more misunderstood you become. And that's one of our basic primal fears of I'll celebrate with the four women who will understand Mm. my process and how I got here. But anybody on the internet could take that and flip it. Like I'm privileged or I'm not worthy or I tricked somebody or it's not, that's too high of a price or who do you think you are? This business is a hoax. Like all that could potentially be projected onto you. Little do they know you're, you're like, I worked my ass off for this. I'm actually like really proud of myself right now. I'm having like a total out of body experience. And so that's my basic, like logical answer is that we simply aren't conditioned to be seen in in our beauty and our bigness. So you've got a friend like, yeah, yeah. Instead of setting like the rooms, you had a friend like Joe who puts you on the stage without any context. (laughs) And it was like, she was basically putting you out there naked and you're like, okay, hang on. I need to, I was like, let me know it's for you. (laughs) Yes. Right. And so there's that piece, but also it's the question of the number kind of got you. So I want to know more about what about the number felt like you wanted to hide that? What number have you decided is appropriate to share openly? Hmm, That's a good question. You know, I don't know if it was necessarily I'm like trying to fish in this for truth. As I say it, I'm like, I don't want to say something that isn't true. What well, I remember I you said with? you could share it, but cross out the number. So where do you feel like that came from? Mm, I think, I mean, I think it's the fact that I had up until that week and it's, I had never had a five figure client. So maybe it's five figures. I had never had a five figure client before I had, which this is the, you know, that was the first time that my like my pricing actually was resonant with the transformation that I was giving. And that was what felt so incredible. But at the same time, like to what you were saying, and there was so much truth resonating through me while you were speaking, I was like, yes, that's exactly what it is. It's that like everybody on the internet, they don't know the transformation that I'm able to give people. Like they have no clue that what I do is indeed worth that number. And while it should not Mm -hmm. matter to me, that whether they know or not, there was that instant fear of judgment that came up. And then there was also something, and I haven't gotten to the bottom of it yet. Like I, I mean, I was brought up in poverty. And so there was this piece of me that's like, oh my gosh, all like lots of people, lots of my friends, family, clients, like follow her also because of our podcast. 
Yeah. Like, what are they going to think about me that now that they know that I make that much money? Like my husband, like we do, we do very well, but we're also not super like flashy about it. And that's more, my husband's not flashy about it. I will absolutely be flashy about it, but I haven't yet. I haven't done it yet. We're like humble pie. Yeah. Yeah. Like I haven't done that yet. I'm more like, I want to become a space. Like as I'm walking into this, I mean, I'm going for millions. Like that's, that's where I'm going. Like, I believe that I was put on this earth to have a shit ton of money. And that's just, I know it. I know it in my body. I'm on my way there and I want to celebrate it along the way. And I don't want to feel any shame, but it's there. It's still there. That feeling like, oh my gosh, like people are know how much money I make. Like people are going to sit down and do the numbers and they're going to realize how much money I make. And that's going to change something. And I don't know what it is that I'm worried about that changing, but that was very present. And I didn't dig to the bottom of it yet, but it's still yeah. in there. Hmm. What it's going to change is your identity because wealth is an identity. And so it's really easy to say, like, I've started a business and we make good money because then somebody can fill in good with whatever they believe good is. But it's another thing to say, I just had a five figure week and then get even more specific, like a $44,000 week, because then you're rich. Mm. And what does that come with? Right. What projections does that come with? And so the number is so powerful to actually share because what we don't have enough examples of is that like powerful, liberated women who are like, here's the number, here's what I'm doing. It's, it's transparency. And it does take a lot of safety in your body because what it's threatening is your belonging. There's a part of you who knew you were going to end up in this room, but there's still a part of you that's questioning, do you belong there? Because part of you is living in the room with the, with the people who, you know, they're just watching and they're like, she's, she's comfortably through my lens. Good. But if she gets any bigger, I'm now uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. If she gets any bigger than what she's doing right now, I don't know how to relate to her. And so your belongings threatened and their belongings threatened. So this is about your wealth identity. And this is really important to me. This is my most exciting space to meet people because anybody can make money Mm -hmm. truly. I mean, if you're willing and you're choosing it, I don't care who you are, you can do it. I mean, if I can make money considering where the hell I came from, I know that anybody can do it, but will you feel prosperous is a different question. Will you actually allow it to inform your identity? Will you identify as a wealthy human being? And in that identity, will you redefine what gets to be represent, represented in society. As you choose that identity, you're inevitably choosing to out-earn people in your life. As I chose to be wealthy, I chose to out-earn my father. I chose to be the first woman in my family to start a business and scale to a million. I'm going to be the first millionaire in my family. That choosing feels like I'm leaving people behind in my primal fear. But when I really think about it, I'm actually activating something in my lineage. And it is scary to go first in that. And then it's also scary to be seen in the number because the number is where our conditioning lives. When we don't really know the number, we don't really know the impact. It's like we can kind of flow in the in between of like, I'm kind of making it and I'm kind of not. So this is a powerful opportunity for you to bring your worlds together because it's quickly going to feel like you're living a double life. Mm -hmm. 
you're moving, you're starting to really gain some speed. And if I'm so happy that you're catching this right now, because if you keep going, how you're going, it's only going to get bigger and you're going to be living that double life where you only share it with Joe in the background. And then what do you do in the, in the front facing field, which feels so out of alignment because I'm so like integrity and transparency is really important to me. Those are core values Mm -hmm. of mine. And so that has felt, you know, I think there's that whole, and it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Like it is not lost on me. The irony of the fact that I could be having this conversation with anyone else. And like the things I would tell them would be stuff that like, I am not doing myself. Of course. <laughs> and it's that, you know, I I'm having this moment where, <clears throat> And I didn't, it didn't even come up until right now, like right now, something, another element that dropped in was like, I am white and I'm pretty and I'm likable and people are like down with my vibe, but I'm also kind of like, a, am still a person of the people at this moment. And the second I become mm-hmm. rich and white and pretty, I'm like mm. unlikable. Yeah. I don't know that that truth's ever going to go away, <laughs> but I know that leadership is holding multiple truths at once. Mm -hmm. So that truth, you could spend your whole life trying to put on the things and do the things to break down that bias, or you could let know that that's in the room and also hold your other truth and another truth. Like that's true leadership, because if you don't hold multiple truths at once, then you're going to need it to be a certain way to move and to be, to be quite honest, you're going to be getting rich faster than you break down that bias. So we're just going to go and hold that truth and hold the truth that I'm loved by many and hold the truth that I respect all people. And I'm a wealthy woman and I'm also going to do great work in this world. And I'm going to do the best that I can. Hmm. I'm just going to keep moving with that. Thanks for the coaching session. Yeah. I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, as a daughter of immigrants and in a Filipino lineage too, like there is so much of that that is roped into my own identity. You know, I'm I'm the first in my mom's family to be born in the U.S. I'm the first with the opportunity to actually have wealth more than like my brothers and sisters have because they were born in the Philippines. And I'm also yep. the first to step into just my own sense of sovereignty in so many different ways that my family has never done before. And it's powerful and it's really frightening all at the same time. It's all the things that you described. And it's really incredible to witness this conversation happening because it's just like, holy shit, there's so much truth in all of this and transformation just in like literally what the last 15 minutes of just unpacking that scenario mm-hmm. and being able to step into the truth of what you do and also to experience it because I'm I'm part of your wealth embodiment flow in this particular like cohort of yours and watching you do your work, but also witnessing the women in your wealth embodiment community is just incredible to have people cheering you on, celebrating and being able to lift you up and just share those things. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I know for myself right now, especially as I'm going through a divorce is changing my identities over and over again and shedding like a snake, just like literally shedding all of the things. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I held on to was this version of myself that needed to constantly suffer and yeah. to constantly know that life was part, like that suffering is just part of life. And that is such a story of so many women of color, 
of mm-hmm. just suffering. Like your parents teach you that your mom say, this is your life. Life is supposed to be full of suffering or life is a struggle. And you're like, fuck, like, how do I turn this shit around? Yeah. Like back at like the different versions of myself. I was doing this this morning. I was looking back at the different versions of myself. And you said this the other day, which I thought was beautiful in, in, in session, which was like, hold on to the version of yourself in this journey and deeply honor that because this version of you is never going to be here. Yeah. And to be present with it. And I remember hearing that. And I was just thinking to myself, fuck, I got to hold this version of me so tightly because tomorrow my upgrade's coming and this bitch isn't going to be here anymore. She's not like gone in an instant, <laughs> gone in an instant, gone in an instant. And I'm pretty sure for you, you've gone through that moment too, right? Like it's like, there's versions of you that you had to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Was there a particular one that just, that you held so deeply and that you hold so sacred and that you revisit from time to time? Question, Joe. <laughs> I love that. I mean, our growth has been so fast and I think this is why I'm so excited for for both of you and where you're at and like the discovery of it all because once you once it clicks it just keeps moving forward and you trend like Joe's saying like every day it could be a new version of yourself coming through um but I I the I'll never forget August 2018 when I asked my dad for $2200 to file bankruptcy I thought the bankruptcy filing bankruptcy was like free I'm like I don't have any money so how do you do the thing to do the thing Oh, it's $2,200. Got it. And so I remember borrowing it and I just, gosh, I just remember her. I remember her courage and her humility to still run a business heartbroken and just so many things happening at once. And my dad actually reflected this back to me of like, yes, I gave you the money, but your choice with what to do with it was not to file bankruptcy. It was to create a masterpiece. So it was like my $2,200 masterpiece. I didn't file bankruptcy with it. I actually took God's seed of wealth, the gift of somebody giving me that. And I reinvested it and chose a different path. But I, I will never forget that version of myself. She's gone and I grieve her, but, and I even look in the mirror now and I'm different. Like you just look different because freedom looks different. Each time you liberate an aspect of yourself, your cheekbones shift and you can see aspects of your grandmother and your grandfathers and, and they're still part of you, but you're, shaped, you're being reshaped into a completely different key for whoever's going to come after you. It's, it's what I really, really believe. And so I hold her dear in my heart, her courage to do what she did and to still keep going. And then there's the version of me who this time last year, we had like a $3,000 a month. It was actually when I first tried to launch Wealth Embodiment Flow, nobody signed up. It was like crickets. I was like, oh God, what did I do? (laughs) What's going on? And then (laughs) I died and then we were reborn and we had a 20K month and it kept getting bigger from there. And I think there's that shift similar to what you're moving through, Kristen, of like, the version of me who would hide and how sweet she was and how much she just wanted to be safe and wanted to be okay. Like I can feel her gone. And this other version of me is now living and, and breathing, but I hold every time I do a wee floor, every time I'm teaching, I can still feel those aspects of myself in the room. And I believe that it's important to notice when you're shifting because it humbles you. 
you got to always know where, where you've come from, not the pain that you were born into or anything like that, but what stages did you move through to actually become who you are today? Nobody can take that away from you. It's just like your it's it becomes like your package of unfuckable faith, I call it. Yeah. Like nobody yeah. can convince me otherwise. I'm like, you can judge me all I want. I'm gonna have big money. I'm gonna be a millionaire. I'm gonna say things that probably bother you, and you can judge that all you want. But what you can't take away from me are those moments and those times where my identity was being shaped. Nobody can ever take that away from you. And it really supports, especially in the entrepreneurial field, and I'm sure in your work as well imposter syndrome and, and unworthiness, like knowing Joe and some aspects of her story, it's such a testament to how you show up today because you're not doing it with an empty breath. You're doing it on behalf of her. You're like, I'm going to dig as deep as I need to dig. So whoever comes after me doesn't have to dig as deep. Like, that's why I'm doing this. And so come at me, like, no, <laughs> judge me, do it. Like, it's okay. Let's go. <laughs> I love you. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I love the unfuckable faith. Yeah. I always like say I'm, I, I'm on the unfuckable with energy right now. So like get out the way or be part of it. I got the right. cake energy. <laughs> I got the cake energy. Oh, I got to tell you that story on a, like a side note, side, Tori. Yes, You're going to love right. that one. But oh, yeah, God. no, I uh, unfuckable faith, man. I'm going to put that on a post-it note and on my mirror. That gets to be at something. We get to put that on a coffee something. mug or something. Oh, yeah. like, here's okay, there, goes, there goes your, there, there goes, goes your, your next. <laughs> Your next venture. I'm having ideas right now. Yeah. I'm having ideas. Let's map them out. Get some sticky notes. Um, Joe, that was such a beautiful question. And I actually want you to answer that question because you have been mm-hmm. going through so many rapid changes and, sh- and shedding and iterations. And you literally had a funeral for the wife that existed for 18 years very recently. And so I would yeah. love to hear I think everybody would like to hear what I would love to hear that. I mean, yeah, who's yours? It kind of Joe, just for context on my end, looking like I think it was last summer we connected really briefly. Mm-hmm. And even that version feels gone. Like there's just I don't well, I don't know what happened, but like something's definitely shifted. So I'm looking forward to hearing this. Yeah, answer. yeah. You know, so it was April. Um, I think it was like the first week, first Friday of April. And somehow I decided that like, I needed to have, I needed to have a funeral for my ex-husband's ex-wife, which was, which happened to be an older version of myself. And that woman was a woman who struggled for the need for love and struggled to get her needs met and struggled to speak up about her desires and lived from a place of fear versus from a place of delight and pleasure and joy and and desire. And so there was a part of me that was like, there is a mourning that needs to happen for that version of me because that version of me brought me here. She, she did everything that she needed to do to liberate this version of me. And she carried the fucking kids and she carried the struggle. She carried the story. She carried the household. She -hmm. did everything that she could through struggle and strife while carrying all the wounds of her trauma in her childhood and all the wounds that like my mother had. And um, that funeral was a moment for me to just celebrate and honor her. And it was, it was really interesting because 
I think I spent like two days writing this like beautiful eulogy for her. Mm. And I went out to the beach. I, I also was like, I had this day set aside with another um, sexual empowerment coach who was going to help lead this ritual with me. And I remember coming home from that day and I was just having coffee with somebody. I'd also just got a text from my ex-husband who had agreed to give me full custody of the kids, full legal custody of the kids. Wow. And I was like, holy shit, this is happening on the day of this funeral. And I was like, this couldn't have been more symbolic and just the universe giving me what I need to do in order to carry this next chapter. But I also need to honor this woman. This woman was great, but she also had so much pain Mm -hmm. and she also had so much fear. And she also, you know, for lack of better words, but over her overextended herself to men around her. And she just was done. She was done with that. And I didn't want to bring those lessons to my daughters. Yeah, And uh, it was funny walking home because I was like, fuck, I'm not prepared for this funeral. Like, what the fuck is happening, right? Like, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to pack up. And like, she's waiting for me. And so I literally grabbed a bunch of things from my house, which is probably like the best thing, right? Because you're just like, what are all these things? And so I brought like a picture. I brought a picture of my myself that happened to be one with John in there. And then I brought like things that were resemblance of my daughter's. I brought a ring that he had given me. It had a bunch of diamonds on it. I fucking left it at the beach. I was like, I, I, I don't want to sell it. I don't want to give it to anybody. Like the energy in this needs to just go with yeah. this moment. So this eulogy I wrote, spent two days on, fucking didn't even say the thing that I needed to say. All I said was, I see you, I hear you, and thank you for liberating me. Thank you for doing all the things you had to do that was necessary in order to get me here. And I don't know what the fuck the future is going to look like, but I know it's bright and I'm never going to forget you. And I'm going to take you with me and make sure I honor you by just like, by doing the thing that you couldn't do, but that mm-hmm. you had to do for me. And so that was like this moment. And I, I don't know, I, I think about that. I like, I bring that to my clients now. Cause I'm like, you need to celebrate that version of you have a funeral, have a moment, have a ritual, something. But yeah, that's a version of me that, that I let go. But even, even the last couple of weeks, I feel like I've been shedding versions of me at just mm-hmm. over time. And I'm, I'm really quite scared to like build this next chapter of business because I don't know what it looks like. I know it's, I feels fucking grand. That's why I'm like in your wealth embodiment flow. Cause I'm like, get my body prepared. Like prepare her baby, <laughs> prepare her, prepare her. Cause she, she needs to carry this large intergenerational wealth that she is passing on to her daughters mm-hmm. and making sure that like women like me, Filipino women like me know that you can fucking honor and accept your bouginess, love that shit and like come in hot with it, you know? So mm. yeah, that's, um, that was my funeral. I love and, that um, so much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, 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 it, thanks for bringing that up. Cause it's been a minute since I've celebrated and honored that. And I also think Friday might be 40 days mm. since that oh, funeral. Yeah. Which is such a and spiritually have, significant number yeah. for restoration and nourishment. There's like in, yeah. in Ayurveda, there's that 40 day and Chinese um, culture, like that 40 days after you give birth <laughs> where you're supposed to be supremely cared for and taken care of. Because even though 
you have done something, you've done the impossible, you've done the incredible and you've brought forth life, but that leaves a chasm inside of you that needs to be like healed in before you go out and Mm. hold into this new role. Yeah. My yeah, sister I, gave birth this weekend. Well, she's supposed to. So I'm going to. Oh, girl. Yeah. yeah. That's so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I still have my little like memorial thingy that I brought out to the beach that's still here in my office. And so when, when that 40 days is done and when I feel ready and prepared to let her like fully, fully go and just, you know, I'm like, thank you. Like you're in, you're in here now, but right now, like there's a, I'm looking at it right now. Like there's just, she's just, she's still there. She's still there for oh me to remember. my gosh. That's so powerful. Yeah. I, I feel like that's, I did a live earlier this year when we crossed a huge milestone and it really feels like every time you elevate in some area of your life, grief and gratitude both come together. Like you're so grateful for everything that's happening, but you're also grieving what you know inevitably cannot live to go forward and is no longer needed to go forward. And one of the things that I recognize this year is that I no longer need pain to justify my celebration, but there is this deep version of me. And when I hear you, Joe, I relate so much to some of what you're saying. It's like, it's, it's tough and difficult and it requires grief to say, like, I don't need you anymore. You don't have to come online anymore. You actually can rest. And I, I got it from here. Like mm-hmm. we got it from here. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. So powerful. We're all, we're all just going to hold a little space for our past versions of selves. Yes. Take a deep <laughs> breath if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe discharge mm-hmm. if you need to do a little shake, <laughs> a little shake in, little cross body stroking. Give yourself a hug. Ground, ground in your, in your. Yeah. <laughs> Turn to a body safety. You're like, oh. <laughs> yes, turn it into safety. Turn it into safety. Turn into safety. It. Turn into safety. You know, it's interesting because I I made a promise to myself that from here on out, if I ever seek out coaches or guidance from anybody, they have to walk through some shit mm-hmm. before they can be my coach. Because if someone's gonna lead me and guide me, they better have had a story of humanity behind them and not just certifications, not just credentials, not any of the bullshit that they've done. I want to know what human they have become throughout this lifetime. I think that's extremely important. And Mm. this question might rub the wrong way, but I'd love to just kind of hear from you because I know that you've seen so much, not only in your personal journey, Mm -hmm. but in entrepreneurial space too. And I'm curious, like, what are some of the things that you believe are needed in, in the, in leadership to be able to shift the way we do leadership today? Ooh, that's a really good question. I always say to not hire a coach for how much money she's made or he's made or the results, but who they be. So what are the ways of being that they carry on screen and off screen? Because proximity is so many people say is power. And so you're going to be in very close proximity with this person. You want to be in proximity with their certification and the mask or what's their actual way of being and what's their quality of life and what are their values and what do they stand for? When I go to hire a coach, I don't ask how much it is. I ask, what are you a commitment to? What exists on this planet? Because you're in business. I want to know that because as I enter relationship with you, we're, we're actually in lineage now. We're in legacy work. So I look at my mentor as part of my legacy. My clients are in my lineage. And we're, this is how we redefine 
the industry. But if we only hire people because of the number or the funnel or the thing that they have, then we're, we're at risk. And this is why there's been so much trust that's been broken and so much integrity that's, that's been questioned. And I'm happy for that. I'm glad that like for you, Joe, you're asking that question and you're saying straight up, like, yes, information is information embodied wisdom is transformation. So I can get the information from you. That's great. But what's the embodied wisdom that you carry? And when I look at a, a mentorship and a, and even like a coaching experience, like God circled that on the map for us. So what legacy are we co-creating? What leadership are we co-creating in this relationship? And I really feel in terms of this industry, I actually have a post coming out today. I'm, I'm holding the vision that we stop focusing so much on how many people are in the programs, how many likes we have. And we really remember that when her or his or their revolution lives, so does mine and so does God's and so does the legacy. And I, I, I have this distinct vision of like, whenever I decide to stop doing this, like 70 or 80, and I'm going to be like, I remember that decade, that decade where there were thousands of us on Zooms, hundreds of us in the Voxer chats, Facebook lives, and we were all just doing whatever it took to change the planet one person at a time. And it was the decade of a lifetime. And we were all like in our 30s and 40s. And we just believed in humanity bigger than anything else. And it was just the decade that changed it all. Like that's the vision that I'm holding. So that's what I believe we, we get to have as coaches and leaders and mentors and you can feel that it's not like a linear, oh, they're doing it. You can feel it when you're in conversation with them of like, oh, you're just opening up a program or are you here to, to bring a revolution to life? And what's your ways of being as you do that? So I, I invite anybody listening, if you are considering hiring a mentor, start to ask that question. Don't be afraid to ask for references. Hey, what do you stand for? What's your mission? What's your, um, what are your core values in life? and see if they align with you because no matter how much money they make, if that's not in sync, I don't think that you're really compatible. Mm. So wise. I love yeah. That. yeah. So much. Mm. Like any relationship. I mean, you're literally yeah. spending an hour a week with this person. That's a long ass time. time like your, your time is so valuable. Like you're, I could be doing anything, but we're on the phone together. So I want to make sure that we're actually compatible in that they have the answers for that. Well, it's so funny because I'll, you know, put out things about programs and pop-up stuff or, you know, I'll do something special and I'll get all these messages and they're like, I'm in. And I'm like, that's awesome. Let's meet though, because we have to make sure that there is actual energetic resonance and that you are supported like by my presence and by my personality and by like my energy. Cause you could think that I'm awesome and get there and be like, Ooh, like this doesn't feel quite right. And so it's important to feel that alignment and that connection, especially since, you know, I have clients who I'll work with for a year and I'll see them, you know, face to face two times a month. And then we talk constantly in the Voxer, like you're saying, and I'm like, that's we're, we're doing close. We're walking close together for a long yes. time. And so you need to feel nourished by my energy. And if you don't feel that, then I don't want you to sign up and I don't want you to send me any money because it's not going to work that's out. And you're not, that. you're not yeah. going to experience the transformation that I know I'm capable of facilitating as long as our energy is aligned. Yes. Oh my goodness. And I, sometimes I'll, 
I'll say no. Like I, you look amazing. The application looks amazing. I just know that our synergy isn't there. And that's the hardest thing. But I think that if we can normalize that more in our industry, that's when the integrity is going to go up. Like I'm not just going to take you on for five figures. I don't need you as a client and I don't need, I don't want you to need me. Like we get to both choose this. And I think about that with my partnership with Q and even in our intimacy, it's anytime there's need in the room, like my body contracts and shuts down. And when there's desire in the room, now we can really open. And that's when I believe our assignment comes alive. Like I'd look at each of my clients as we were assigned to each other and I'm going to be learning just as much as you're learning. Cause like you just said, we're walking into whatever evolution we're creating together. Mm. But this industry is so wild. I just know we're going to look back and crack up about how wild, yeah, about how we do what we do. And (laughs) it's going to be like, no one would believe us. I feel like we're going to go back. (laughs) We're going to transition back into like a, a, a more physical relationship. Like everyone's craving like more in, you know, in person type stuff, getting back in the room together. And it's going to be insane. Yeah, Maybe it's, maybe it's, I'm liberated as fuck. (laughs) She's seriously so pretty. Her face froze and it's, and it's still a pretty, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I'm like, if it was, I would look like mid sneeze. I'm running to the restroom while she's frozen. Her liberation. I Guys, love that's her, her liberation. So yeah. <laughs> maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's her hard maybe it's earned liberation. fucking liberation. Yeah. Maybe it's that. <laughs> uh, it's that. You okay. know that's gonna be our next captions perfect. for all of us in 100%. some different shape or form. That right? will, like, that will, maybe it's yeah. Maybelline. Maybe it's her liberation. Maybe she's liberated as fuck. That's gonna be the uh, maybe how to be liberated as fuck with Tori Washington is gonna be the name of this episode. That's her. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. I have one more question that I have to ask and then we will, um, we'll wrap mm-hmm. this up because we have to, we'll bring you back though. Yeah. <laughs> Please come we'll back, back for parts one through seven. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Seriously. Please. Well, we need to, so we need to, cause there's so much more, there's so mm-hmm. much more, but the question I have to ask, because you have, you've brought it up. This is, this is not scripted. We did not write this down, but it's, there is a huge connection between sex and money. And even you sharing David Dita, like a lot of people may not be familiar. David Dita is a spiritual teacher, but is a beast in the realm of sacred sexuality. Love everything he's written about that. But I know for somebody like I've dedicated my life to sexual empowerment and embodiment and liberation Mm -hmm. for women everywhere. And I am learning firsthand maybe in reverse that some women are learning, but I am learning in first hand, just how closely connected because it's, they're the most powerful energetic forces is that is money and sex. And so I am curious what, like in your personal, in your own words, like what is that connection and why do they influence each other so much? Mm, this is a whole nother episode. Okay. I'm, oh, I'm, deep, come back. I'm deep in the, <laughs> back to that one. <laughs> I'm deep in the exploration of this and it, it's starting to formulate more. And I'm really excited to start incorporating it more. Um, I did a intimacy retreat with John Wyland, oh David Data and, and Q. Is my soul. It was, <laughs> I mean, he's everybody's soul. Husband, let's be honest. <laughs> I always wonder, I have to say, I asked because my girlfriend Tiffany's in his um, longer program doing a bunch of work with him. And I'm like, I wonder how 
many women like love yeah. him, love him. Like, I never felt that with him. I just was like teacher, mentor, yeah. guide, felt really comfortable going to some deeper places. But it's so funny you said cool. that because so I'm like, what's I it bet. is not a physical, it's not a physical attraction. It is a hundred percent an energetic attraction. And it's so interesting to, and I love, I do a lot of work with erotic alchemy and just like paying attention to that um, energy and letting it move different things and bring different things into your like field. And so there was, I remember listening to a podcast interview with him where he was like, he was demonstrating be like masculine energy, being in the energy versus not being in the energy. And he was just having a chill conversation with two girls, like talking like this, whatever. And he's like, now, if I go into my energy and he literally like sat there for a second, like tapped into it, his voice lowered a couple of octaves, like the choices of words he used. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I started sweating. I was like, oh my God. uh." that and I'm like what's what is happening like, but oh. it is real like I have and I've experienced my mentor has like played we've played around with that before where I'm like I have zero attraction to him whatsoever but when he goes into that grounded seated you know masculine wholeness when he hits that seat of mm. masculine wholeness there is a safety but there's also an erotic excitement that happens where I where like my f- divine feminine is like fuck yes this is where all <laughs> men are supposed to be living from mm-hmm. and it does it does something it activates me in a huge way and obviously I'm conscious of that so I don't need to run around and like fuck mm-hmm. every like whole masculine energy <laughs> that I run into and my husband thanks me for that but it's just very like, I'm just very aware of it. It's a shift that happens and it's almost imperceptible, except for I feel it from the head all the way through mm-hmm. the honeypot. Oh my God. I love you. I could literally, <laughs> I just love you. we could hang out for hours. This is so, ugh, this conversation, whether you continue it with me or on this podcast, I think this is so important because what you're describing is how I feel with money. When my money management systems are set up, like, oof, does a turn on happen? And even when I'm, thinking in terms of scarcity. It's a blend of Carolyn Elliott's work. I don't know yeah. if you've Extra heard of her. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. a little bit of David Data, John Wyland. Like I've just been with these different teachers who are using the shadow to turn on. So I use scarcity to turn me on. Like that's what we did with the bankruptcy, with the the lack. Like it's not this empty energy. It's it's like fucking me into something bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, let me move with you and yearn with you. And what are you craving? Like I can feel my whole body getting goosebumpy, but we're so afraid to go to the dark. Cause we think it's going to take us out of high vibes, but I've had some of my biggest breakthroughs in the scarcity posture that we do in my flow. Cause it's like, finally she's being seen. And then it's like, I got you. Let's complement that with safety on a practical, you know, reality, that's money management, that's checking your bank account, understanding financial wisdom and and intelligence. And then pleasure is five figures in three days. Ooh, that blasts me open into something else. And all of it's informing one another. And so I've just personally realized that the more money I have, the more I can focus on orgasmic life. And this was the, this is still a little bit tough for me to teach because it's triggering. And the fact of the matter is wealth doesn't happen on accident. Money doesn't happen on accident. Orgasm does not happen. on That's accident. the damn like, truth. None of it happens. Mm-hmm. On, you choose it. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to show up in the dance and rare is the person who's willing to show up in the dance. They want to get to the end or they'll stay at the beginning, but they won't show up in the dance. And 
I realized as I started to make a lot of money that I could finally focus on things like my sex life, my vitality, all my excuses ran out of, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. And my womanhood came alive. I'm not even kidding. And I'm not blaming it. I like money to me that, but there's this freedom of money desires to be expressed, not owned mm. the feminine desires to be expressed owned. And so when we can look at money through the cost of potentially maybe not always, but maybe my relationship with money is reflecting my relationship with my feminine. So I often sit with the question of money. What's it like to be in relationship with me? And what I heard is disrespected, gripped onto. And then that showed me my feminine is trapped and gripped and I to, to hold her. And so we could go on and on and on, but these questions open up this bigger conversation of maybe just maybe they do have more to do with one another. But if you look at sex as fucking, we're out of context, look at sex as spiritual intimacy. It actually makes perfect sense that money and sex would go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. If we look at money as cash, we're out. If we look at money as liberation, wealth, and God's seed, in the conversation of intimacy and orgasm, and potentially they are related through the body. If we're just in the mind, no, but through the body, it's experienced the same. So that's something to play with. And I love playing with that with my clients and just opening up that door and seeing where can we go with this? It's a total infinite playground. And this will be part two, because mm, this yeah. is something like in my personal yes. life that I'm really <laughs> drilled into right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. creating oh, from fun. the we same, fun. creating my wealth from the same, like bottomless, insatiable desire mm -hmm. that I have for sex. It's like using yes. that instead of fear that there won't be any more where that came from. It's, it's creating out of pure, like raw desire to have more of everything. You're always going to want more. Your heart is Endless. Even when we do a million, I'm oh, going to yeah. be like, what's, what's two million? Several. Well, like? I was dying laughing because Rachel Rogers yeah. is like my girl. I'm obsessed with her. I cannot handle it. Her, <laughs> her book, if you guys are not reading it already, I've already made everybody that I know go buy it. So everyone's got it. We're all reading. We should all be millionaires. It's incredible. I read it in three days, like, which it takes me, oh, it takes wow. me a month to read a book now because I have a child. But I was, I literally, that's the only book in the last year that has made me, I get up at five when my husband leaves so that I can read for an hour before my child gets up. And that that's the best kind of book where it's like, you yeah. feel like you're going to a different world yeah. and you're like getting up to get ready to go read the book. Well, I literally, <laughs> I literally was like, I, there is something in here for me that is going to change my fucking life. So yeah, I'm going to prioritize sitting here until it's read until it's all the way through. But I, she, I listened to her on a podcast the other day and she had someone from her, you know, one of her smellies from her group was in and they were talking about stuff and she was like, well, Rachel, I think it's really inspiring when you share like how much money you make. She's like, yeah, but like after so many millions, I'm just worried about discouraging people. <laughs> I was just like, girl, preach. She was like, I told people how much I made for a while. And she's like, now it just feels like it, it, why, like, why do we keep <laughs> it's there? Right. Um, and when well, we all get to okay, that okay. point, what's going to be the cap? Actually, I heard recently, this will be really fun. I heard recently that the highest grossing coach just coach makes $37 million. All right. What are they coaching here? <laughs> and it, so I was like, hang on a freaking second. Like what in the hell is happening? And that number is, is so monumentous. And yeah, at what point do you, this, it goes back to your insatiable well of like, what if we created from that place? But it's just like, once so, you get yeah. there, it's so, and this, we can continue this offline. It's just like, once you get there though, 
I mean, possibility it's living in that place of possibility where it's like, that is change the fucking world shit. That is save the planet shit. That is like no child is hungry shit. Like that, like that is fuck you money times. Like, I mean, so much like fuck up shitty paradigms money. Like that's, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm so, I I don't, I'm, I don't even have the words I'm spluttering because that is a level that I dream of getting to where it's like, Oh, there's a crisis in this country. Let's go fucking privately fund that shit and take care of it. Yeah. And we don't have, this is back to like, we don't have the, here's the responsibility piece that not many people want to hold is you have less room to look away when you know, you have that resource Mm -hmm. and not everybody wants to hold that responsibility, which is why not everybody will be in that room when we're celebrating. And so this is where we get to be empathetic and very aware of biases, very aware of the system, very aware of all of those things and understanding um, the choices that we're going to make and really intentionally deciding otherwise. So I love that you brought up the topic back to sex and money is because it's simply another option, another way to explore it if other ways aren't working. And I think that's what I'm taking away just from being in this conversation is I love how you're not saying you have to be in pleasure. You have to do it this way, which I see a lot of coaches and leaders do, but it's, we have options and that's liberation. Yeah. We get to options. do it that way. If that makes mm-hmm. sense to because yourself, it's that way. that's what piques your interest and turns you on. It makes you feel excited. Like that's going to create the frequency yes. from which yeah. everything else is going to flow. Mm. Amen. Mm. Oh, Tori, this, I can't even like, we are bringing you on for part two for sex and money we'll conversation, be back. because we'll I think that is, that's definitely going to be something that we need to talk about, but it has been a joy, a gift. And honestly, like witnessing you throughout the last few years since we met has just been beautiful. And I'm so honored to have this conversation with you to be a part of your wealth embodiment flow. Um, we have questions, but Kristen, do you want to go there? Or should we just wrap this up? What do you think? I feel like we need to to end it here we typically like play a game at the end but it feels like there's been so much pleasure oh. and joy, like in this conversation that that like we don't need to pull on that in order to end yeah. the show in the energy that I want to end the show so I feel like we're already there <laughs> yeah 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 and we'll bring you on for that game and sex we'll money conversation yeah, we'll that is later. gonna be let's do a game with the sex and money episode. oh yeah, yeah for, for sure, sure for sure but <laughs> Tori, please let everyone know where they can find you, how what they you're can up work with to, you, how they can work with you, all the good things. I'm on Instagram. That's where we hang out the most at I am Tori Washington. And then working together, House of We opens a few times a year. That's my money membership. We do sneak people in if they reach out to me. So you can always email assistant at ToriWashington.com to learn more about that. That's a $88 membership. And that's a beautiful opening to get into the work. And then we're a company that's growing and wants to liberate half a million humans. So we have so many programs, so many options coming in June. We're going to be hint, hint, leading a retreat soon. And so if you follow me on Instagram, you're always going to be the first to know. And I would love after I do these episodes with people, I love to hear your takeaway. So if you want to message me or let us know what you took from this by tagging me, that would be amazing. So we can connect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Tori. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so Thank much. You. So amazing. Thanks. 
Thank you folks so much for listening. If this conversation tickled your fancy, opened your mind, or gave you permission to simply express yourself a little bit more authentically, share with a friend, rate us on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, or subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 